a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources. Great to be with you today here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we round out the day today, you know, we spent the first hour of the program today uh, talking about Afghanistan uh, one year out uh, from the fall when the Taliban retook control of the capital city of Kabul. And we had some really interesting discussions in that first hour. Of course, Miles Hansen joined us uh, from World Trade Center, Utah. Uh, great perspective on that region and, and talking about what did and, and did not happen, lessons learned, and, and the real challenges. And I think those challenges continue not just as it relates to Afghanistan, but to a host of other places around the world. Uh, one of the things that I love that Miles pointed out to us was the fact that uh, a lot of these very same lessons are are being applied or will be applied in Ukraine uh, and in places like Taiwan uh, and other places around the world. And so uh, we can't think that uh, it's done and over. That's usually one of the big problems in this country is that we race from one thing to the next, that we never stop and assess the lessons, doing a little post-mortem and uh, post-game analysis is important not not to do Monday morning quarterbacking, but to strategically look at what worked, what went right, what went wrong, what could have been done better. And part of the challenge in our endless race and chase in the world today is that very few of us ever do that. We, do, we don't do it in our personal lives. We kind of race from one thing to the next. We don't really stop and assess, well, how did I do there? Or did I really accomplish what I wanted to during that season of my life or that particular month or whatever it might be? Uh, we're not doing it nearly enough in, in our homes, in our relationships and families. Uh, we're definitely not doing it enough in, in terms of community. And we're clearly not doing it at the national level and the international level when it comes to lessons learned. Why is it so hard to slow down uh, and just stop for a minute? Uh, instead of making the same mistakes over and over and over again because we're just going too fast and we just don't have time to process or assess or reassess what happened and why and where we want to go next. And, and so as we looked at that whole process, of course, Fiona Harrigan joined us from Reason Magazine uh, talking about the refugees and those that are still in limbo, uh, that there are tens of thousands Tens of thousands, 76,000 by one estimate, uh, applications that have not been dealt with. And you have a, a little staff. Uh, for the, the first year, it was mostly uh, a staff of about eight or ten. Uh, maybe now it's up to 50. Uh, but 50 people cannot do a whole lot 
facing 76,000 applications that all need to be done properly, by the way, because we do want to make sure that those who are applying are who they say they are, that they are our friends and allies. They are the ones uh, that we owe this effort for. And so they do have to be done. They have to be done properly. Uh, But the resources haven't been applied properly. And so we've got to learn those lessons. Uh, We also talked earlier uh, today with Joseph Grenny, uh, talking about the Other Side Village. And uh, again, the first of the tiny homes has been built and delivered. And it will be the the first of ultimately will be 450 homes on the west side of Salt Lake City. Uh, You know, the first phase, I believe, has 60 homes. And and it's not just one of those, let's do it the way we've always done it. It's no, we've learned the lessons and we don't want to repeat that. We don't want to do that again. So let's do it different. But that takes strategy and strategy takes work and strategy takes crucial conversations. And sometimes in this country, that gets uncomfortable And it is far easier to shout talking points back and forth politically. It becomes much easier uh, to race with those talking points and ignore the facts and the figures and the outcomes. And it's much easier to talk to a bumper sticker slogan that's great for a campaign or that's great for fundraising than it is to show your work and to do the math and to ultimately look at results. And far too often we're ignoring results and we just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. And whether that's dealing with homelessness and the unsheltered, whether that's dealing with mental health, whether that's dealing with addiction and uh, those that are struggling on the street or those that are trapped in a criminal justice system that is really good at training people how to be better criminals rather than being contributing members to society. But in order to do that, you you can't be racing to the next talking point. You can't be racing to the next fundraising event. You have to slow down. They always say speed kills. (laughs) And speed kills a lot of communities. Speed kills a lot of relationships. Speed kills an enormous amount of strategy and goals and plans inside organizations of all kinds. So the question is, are you willing to stop and be still long enough to learn the lessons? And then to create a new strategy to move forward? Because otherwise we're just on this perpetual cycle of inventing and reinventing and sadly producing the exact same results. And so will we be willing to do that part? It's the, when I was a business consultant, that was the hardest thing for executives to do because everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's racing to the top. Everybody's racing to that next quarter's results rather than looking at the long view of things. Or or they just do the opposite, which is even worse. And that is this thing called magic thinking. And magic thinking sounds like this. Okay, team, what do you think will happen 
if we just keep doing the exact same, same things that we've been doing, but we get a different result. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. It's like they're waiting for the unicorns to come in and magically fix everything. That's magic thinking. I love big thinking. I love transformational thinking. We need more of that in our country. We need more of that in our communities and businesses. We need more of that around the world. We need transformational thinking. But sadly, a lot, because they're not willing to stop and do the hard thinking, the hard work and heavy lifting, they just resort to magic thinking. And so then the answer is, well, we have to, or it'll all work out, or we'll, we'll get to it at the end. Remember where we started as it related to Afghanistan. Strategy without tactics is the slowest path to victory. Tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat. We don't need defeat. We need victory. we got to be strategic. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. As you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that'll make a difference. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio. Utah's all-day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.